Welcome to the Toxin Terminator, helping people to restore and renew their health by removing the toxins from the home and their lives. Join in as industry thought leaders help you understand the physical and emotional effects these products can have on you and your family, and the safe alternatives you can use to remove the hidden toxins for renewed health. Now, please welcome your host, the Toxin Terminator herself, Amy Carlson. If we burn ourselves, we cannot heal that burn if we are still on the flame, right? That would be silly to put salve on a burn and then put our hand right back on that stove. The same is true for healing our bodies. If you've changed the way you eat and are moving your body daily, but still lacking that energy and in constant pain, and you can't lose the weight, then maybe it's time to remove your hand from the fire. If this is something you need help with, go to transformingwomenshealth.com and click on Vitality Accelerator. We are helping women boost their body's natural detox, accelerate fat loss with ease, and reverse aging naturally. Why are we offering this? Well, number one, community. We are 95% more likely to achieve our health goals when we are surrounded by like-minded women. Genes are not our destiny. We know through these steps we can prevent and reverse chronic disease. No more guesswork and no more gimmicks. We know working with an expert coach gets us results faster with simple lifestyle changes. And lastly, the new normal. This last year has taught us how important our health is. Now is the time to revitalize. Check us out at transformingwomenshealth.com and click on Vitality Accelerator. Hey, everybody. How are you? We are going live today with a fabulous guest. But before we get into there, and I was not quick enough <laughs> to pull up a review. I, I remembered that as my clip was playing. But we are in the month of the celebration of our two-year anniversary of the Toxin Terminator podcast. So don't forget, get out there and be putting your review the reviews can be done through iTunes on Apple products only. So make sure you're getting those reviews out there because I will be drawing names each and every week uh, to make sure that we are getting you guys a fabulous prize, which each and every week, um, you will get a virtual tour with me, The Toxin Terminator, come on live into your home. You are going to open up your cabinets. We are going to walk through each room of your house, and I'm going to help you identify hidden toxins in your home. So that is the prize that we're all going for. Make sure you're leaving those rating and reviews so that I can get your name drawn for that. And so I'll come back in uh, and pop into the group live here after we get done with this broadcast. But today, we have got such a fun guest, and I can't wait for you guys to meet him. Uh, today's guest is Peter Koshlin. He is opened his own compounding pharmacy, Koshlin Farm, P-H-A-R-M, in 2009 in San Francisco, and he works with doctors and patients on individualized integrative therapies that make a difference in the quality of patients' day-to-day -day lives. Peter has uh, seen the profound impact high-quality compounding medicines can have, and so producing the absolute best patient outcomes is what drives his decisions as the CEO of Koshland Farm. I'm really kind of excited to dig in. First of all, welcome to the show, and we're really glad you're here. 
Thank you. Happy to be here. I, I, I'm really excited to dig into this. And I, and I, I want my listeners to understand because they know where I'm at. I'm in the holistic, you know, health and wellness space. So what in the world are you bringing a pharmacist on the show for? <laughs> and here's my thoughts. We talked about this a little bit before we went on the air. And that is that there's a time and a place for medicine. And it all depends upon what's going on inside of the body. And I really want you to talk to us a little bit about what is the difference between compounding, because I think there's a lot of myths out there, and then just pharmaceuticals. Yeah, I mean, this is the world we live in, uh, well, that I live in, and I, I totally agree that that you know, as a pharmacist, you know, ideally what we see pharmaceutical options as tools to help mm -hmm. patients get better. I mean, that's that's you know, I think we've gotten to a point where we kind of see somebody come in with the disease and the, the, the medication is a, a necessity because there's a protocol. And we've gotten a little bit away from the idea of really customizing and tailoring therapies to each individual's health status. And that's okay. really where we come in. I mean, um, it'd be nice if just the pill worked for everybody like it was you know, promised to, but it just doesn't work like that. You know, health is very complex, very individualized. People have different sensitivities. I know your audience is tuning in that, you know, different toxins, different sensitivities. And so mm -hmm. that's really where we come in. I mean, we, we always say like, we like to round out the edges of what's available at a Walgreens or a CVS. You know, we, <laughs> we can make stuff that doesn't have the dyes or fillers that somebody's allergic to. We can make medications in dosage forms that aren't commercially available. Maybe something needs to be given as an oral suspension instead of a, a tablet, or even some, sometimes we can deliver drugs to the skin. And sometimes there are actual drugs that actually are really effective and have a lot of clinical data to support their use. But because a pharmaceutical uh, company hasn't decided that they have a good um, business model behind selling it, they just it doesn't it's not it doesn't exist. And a lot of right. medications are out there like that. So there's lots and lots of examples. We can go into it if you want to. But you know, I don't see us as a replacement for what's at those you know regular pharmacies. We're just adding more options, more customization, and really more personalization. <clears throat> with the goal of people getting well, you know, people feeling healthy, right. health is so important. And I think for those of us who've gone into the compounding space, I mean, we really want to like fulfill our, the mission of our professional lives, which is to help people get well and healthy. I mean, and, 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 right. and you know, that's, that's why we come into uh, most, all of us come into healthcare, I think with that intention. And sometimes the system as it exists, sometimes thwarts us and we are frustrated so compounding is really exciting for me because I actually get to talk to patients, talk to doctors, learn about their health status, get creative and find ways that are really going to help them and get really good outcomes out of that. So it's, it's a very exciting place to be in, in pharmacy, especially you know, for me. I love it. So. Well, and I, I like that because not everybody is going to make the same choices. Not everybody is going to um, follow this. And I like that there's you know different protocols for everyone. And we just don't know where everybody is at in their own health journey. Um, you know, currently right now, there's over 200 autoimmune diseases that are uh, being diagnosed today. Uh, obesity levels are, I think we're up to better than 50%. In the, in, in the United States with ha over half our um, citizens being obese, when you have diabetes numbers out running rampant and out of control. Um, we're also coming into a season now 
where, you know, we were two weeks to flatten the curve. We were, you know, let's ramp up and get this vaccine. And now we're finding out that, you know, even with the vaccine, we're still contracting the disease. And I think this, these conversations surrounding health are so important because if you think you can just take a magic pill and get yourself healthy, I I have certainly hoped that this last year has opened your eyes up to that. What do you think? Are you with me on that or? 100%. I mean, we started talking about this at the beginning of the pandemic is starting to talk. This is a, you know, hey, we're going to be all sheltered in place. We're going to be looking inward. This is a great time to look at our health. I mean, the importance of that, I mean, from from a global pandemic standpoint, just from avoiding the dire consequences of COVID-19 to, hey, there's lots of other residual benefits from living a healthy lifestyle. And I, right. we talked a little bit before we started here, but, you know, I think in our industry, you know, again, we kind of, most of us who are compounders wanted this because we wanted better ways to get our patients healthy. And right. we've all come to learn that, you know, it's not enough to give people, even the compounded pharmaceuticals that we give, we have to really be encouraging people to do the things that are the foundation to good health, which is nutrition, stress management, quality sleep, you know, all these things, you know, gut function, all this stuff, because even with some of the great therapies that we can put together, their activity and their function are optimized if the underlying status of a patient's health isn't, isn't there. And I love how you said health journey, because it's kind of, it is a journey for everybody. Yes. And, and it's, it's something that we need to be encouraging people to do and know that you're going to have setbacks and you're going to be frustrated and it's going to be hard. And sometimes it's going to get worse before it gets better. But the outcome and the result of that is so powerful and positive, you know, feeling healthy, feels so great. So I, you know, in, in our world and healthcare in general, we we've gotten so reliant on the pharmaceutical intervention that we've stopped the difficult, hard conversations and encouraging people to, to take that journey, even yeah. though they're, reasons to do that. What do you think, you've been in this uh, industry for better than 20 plus years, right? Yeah. Uh, So you say, you know, we've stopped having those hard conversations. What's the driver to that? And and maybe we're going to be completely off topic here and and who knows where this is going to go. But, you know, I want to have that, that conversation because why aren't we talking lifestyle? Why aren't we having those conversations with people so that we can get ourselves so we're not suspect and held hostage from a flipping virus right i mean i'm going to speculate but i here's what i see out in the world is a a medical system that has put so much time constraint on physicians you know it's a managed care system you know in california we have like the kaiser system in in some cases it works really well for very acute situations or you know, getting people into certain programs, but doctors have to see, you know, six patients an hour. We just don't have time to have these conversations. And to top it off, we haven't fulfilled the promise of true interdisciplinary care. We still go see the doctor and the doctor tells us what they think, you know, based on their expertise. Well, what we really should be doing is bringing in a nutritionist and a health Mm -hmm. coach and a Mm -hmm. pharmacist and, you know, referring people to good podcasts to listen to, 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 to continue that journey. Because, you know, I've, we take, we see somebody who really needs help and encouragement and advice to say, lose weight or reduce uh, inflammation in their body or improve their sleep quality, all those kinds of things that we know have tremendous health benefits. 
A, a lot of times they're just really confused about what works and what to do. And oh. B, they, they haven't been given a realistic idea of what that journey is going to look like for them. And I think what happens is people get started or they get encouraged and then something falls off because that's just the way it goes. And it's like, oh, forget it. This doesn't work. I'm just going to go back to the pill. So, you know, it's, it's interesting because what we see in our world is the patients are moving really towards wanting that more comprehensive they, people don't want to wait till they get sick to get put on medications, right? Like, how can we avoid these problems? But then the medic, mainstream medical establishment is like going more towards um, protocols and very paint by, in my opinion, paint by numbers type medicine. You know, oh, your LDL is this, so we're going to give you this when right. we see the next patient. So there's this real bifurcation between patients, what patients want and what the system is kind of providing. So I think it's an interesting time because eventually I think the patients will win out because the marketplace has to meet the patients where they're at, but it's going to take a critical mass of people to really demand that, you know, I want to, I'm going to go see you doctor. And I want to hear what you have to say about me going on this medication, but I also want to talk to a nutritionist to find out if there's a way way I can avoid that medication. So that's so good to hear from because I know you see the patients, you see the patients and you hear them. And I think patients are more apt to really divulge and talk to the pharmacist about truly what's going on and get their questions answered. So if you're hearing this from who you serve saying, I want to learn, I want to know more. That is so encouraging to people like me. Uh, and and uh, of course, for our listeners, I, I think that that thirst for information where we've gotten to a point where we want to know how to prevent, not just how to slap a Band-Aid on once we get sick, right? Yeah. yeah. And we want good, solid information about what's going to work. And that... <laughs> maybe very individualized, but there's also a lot of stuff that we know is, is true, you know, about, you know, how you eat has such a tremendous impact on your health. It's, you know, making sure you get adequate sleep. I mean, that's just a huge issue that continues to come up with our patients. So yeah, absolutely. And I I think we, we need to put that front of mind. I mean, it's, it's great to have pharmaceutical and some people need pharmaceutical interventions. I mean, some people need those drugs can be life-saving for people. So Again, they're tools to utilize in the appropriate context. And for many of us who have general basic health status, who want to stay healthy, we just need really good, solid encouragement to do the things we know are going to help. And I think there's so much information coming up people in so many ways, you you know, just, you know, going on the internet already, you're going to be just bombarded with conflicting information. So I think as a healthcare practitioner, my job is to kind of help kind of look at what's out there, what we see works, try to make it very simple and, and, and easy to understand. And so that people can feel encouraged. Okay. I, th- if I do this, I am going to feel better. My health is right. going to be better. Right. <laughs> so I think right. that's, that's a big challenge. Yep. And, and you said this, uh, there's a real important topic within this too, Peter, that you were just talking about so much information out there. We're in this information highway and we can find stuff to support or dis support any position that we want it. Uh, and now we're coming into a time, uh, the first in my lifetime, uh, and, and I, again, I've been around, I, uh, 
probably about as long as you have. I, I'm guessing if you've been in the pharmacy world for better than 20 years, we're, we're close to the same age here. But where our government is now deciding what is factual information for people to receive and not, where, where do you, what do you, how do you wrap around that? Yeah, it's a frustration for us. I mean, it's, it, what, what concerns me as a, as a pharmacist is, especially in our world of compounding, is that there's just a lack of understanding about the value we bring to patients. I mean, I can't imagine any regulatory body wanting to thwart the general benefit to society. But what's happened, and I think in, in the world we live in, is that there's just a myopic view on uh, getting the bad actors out of the system. And what's happened is the pendulum has swung so far that even people doing good medicine who've taken the care to do things the right way and really apply quality assurance to what they do and, and credible evidence-based clinical decision-making, now we're getting caught up in that and we're getting kind of lumped in with people who are doing crazy, wacky stuff that may not have that level of rigor. And so we're trying to like really put ourselves out there and say, listen, you know, we all want patients and people to be healthy and well. That's good for them. It's right. good for society. Why right. are you guys getting in our way? You know, like right. we're, the good guys. we're trying to do the right thing. We, we have the right motives. And I think because that pendulum swung so far and, and the regulatory apparatus is so intent on making sure all the boxes get checked and not putting the patient at the center of where these kind of top down um, regulatory decisions get made. We're seeing patient harm out of that. And it's very frustrating. And it's something we really want to push back against and say, hey, wait a minute, you know, we're just adding value to the healthcare system. We're not replacing any pharmaceutical ingredients. We're just giving people more options so that they can get healthy and well. And we're doing it in a really credible, high quality, responsible way. So we should be, we should be, you know, encouraged, not like having to fight for our lives, you know, to help our patients. Well which you are, you know, you talk about in, in, uh, in the information I got in leading into this interview about big pharma lobbying against, um, you know, uh, for instance, things like bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. Th that's a big topic for me as a woman in my mid to late fifties, I would think I'd be done with that whole menopause, you know, situation, but we're not. Um, and there's women out there that, uh, you know, we don't, hormone replacement therapy is one of those things that is a real hot topic um, because there's good, there's bad, there's, it's all over the board. And I'd really like to kind of talk about that, but why the push for the lobby against it? Well, and they're pushing against compounding um, hormone replacement specifically. And a couple of reasons, obviously the pharmaceutical industry would make more money if we weren't competing with their products. But, but I think they're missing, if, if that's really their primary motivation, I think they're, they're making plenty of money. So I, I think that's really uh, missing, you know, maybe there's never enough or something like that. I think also part of it is just a, a lack of understanding of this kind of theme of this topic we're talking about, which is just the need to have more options available for women, and especially like the hormone replacement world. I mean, it's the, the you know, talking about toxins and things in, mm -hmm. even in the medications that are harmful to people, you know, having the availability for, for people who need very, very low doses, they're very sensitive. They don't metabolize as rapidly as others. They need something that's clean and free of preservatives or parabens or things like that that are in some of the commercial products. You know, that, those are, the availability of that is significant for many, many people. Is it 
need to be given to everybody? Of course not. You know, that's we exist for the ones that need the specialized outside the box thinking treatments. So again, um, it, it's it's a misunderstanding about kind of how we exist in the in the medical world. We're not manufacturers. We're not making a drug and selling it across the country to every pharmacy, you know, shipping it all over the place. We have one patient and one prescription and we call them, we talk to them. This is a clinical experience where we're part of the clinical team helping them find ways to get healthy. So yeah, I, it's, it's hard to understand exactly why that would be a problem because it seems to be, again, to be just a value add to the world, to the patient's life. And if they don't need it, they don't need to call us, you know? So it is interesting. Well, it, 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 well I have my own theories on this. It, <laughs> and it's, it's like, we can't have anybody else in the playground, period. Yeah. You know, we can't have, and, and I think that's the wrong approach, you know, to take that there's so many people adding value to the health and wellness of society as a whole, that we all can be in that playground. Like you said, nutritionists, health coaches, um, you know, pharmaceuticals, doctors, uh, you know, the compounding, all of these people need to be in that playing field in order to help uh, for all of us to have better health and wellness. And not one person can do it all. So our expectation that the doctor is going to have all the answers isn't realistic. And it's not even fair to the doctor it to really expect is. that from them. So it, we've got to embrace that if, you know, and, and, and people come into, you know, that, that playground you're describing, there's so much, people bring in so much expertise and value to that. So yeah, we need to embrace that for I sure. Yeah. When we're when we're talking about a compounding world and, and I brought up the you know hormone replacement therapy, are you working with then like bioidentical hormone replacement? Yeah, so the world bioidentical is a bit triggering for some people. So Okay, we, okay. And I, I'm happy with the word. I but to be on, perfectly honest, in, in what a bioidentical hormone really is is just a hormone that the body already makes. You know, it's structurally identical to a human hormone. But the all hormone replacement should be identical because the evidence supporting hormone replacement shows that these hormones, these specific hormones that the body makes are by far the safest. They're the most effective, you know, the, the long-term safety is the best. So, you know, fortunately, and I've been working in that space for 20 years as well, you know, we used to fight doctors about this stuff when they would be prescribing other types of hormones, synthetic hormones that we knew had really dire consequences. And we we're trying to, you know, put in front of them the evidence to support using bioidenticals or these human hormones, finally that shift is happening, which is really right. great. Right. Any hormone replacement now is basically bioidentical because the strength of the evidence to support that approach. Um, certainly that's all we do because I want to give people the safest, most effective medicine and bioidenticals are it. So right. absolutely. Right. Yeah. Toxins are the number one contributor to disease and inflammation in the body. But where are they? It's confusing, overwhelming, and downright exhausting. Grab my free ebook at bit.ly TWH Blacklist, where I'm going to walk you through the kitchen, the laundry room, the bathroom, and the bedroom, giving you exactly what to avoid. Well, and I like how you've been talking about in the compounding world, too, that, and, and this is something. I'm just learning today as the toxin terminator because I haven't taken prescription medicine and I couldn't tell you how many years. 
not saying it's not valid, but I had no idea that even within that world, the the um, uh, prescription drugs that we've got fillers and toxins. And I, I mean, I already, I counted it as a kind of a toxin because it's a synthetic drug. I, you know, even though it might be mimicking what nature provides, it's still synthetic and the body says, whoa, 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 what, what is this here, right? You know, it, don't totally agree with that. I mean, once the, once the drug goes into the body, it's not going to know where it came from because they're structurally identical. Now, the delivery vehicle and the way, you know, there has to be fillers and things like that. So that's something we want to be very conscious of. And, you know, in, in my world, I'm, I'm a big proponent of hormone replacement for women. I mean, uh, because basically, I don't think being hormone deprived is is good for women in the long term. And we're we're in a part of our human history right now where women are living longer than they've ever lived before. I mean, even 100 years ago, life expectancy was 30 years less than it is now. So the idea that, you know, um, living a, you know, a big, big portion of your life, sometimes 40, 50 years in a hormone deprived state, to me, is not healthy. It's, it's, it's something we need to be conscious of. And to me, rational, reasonable physiologic bioidentical replacement has a lot of benefits in the long run in terms of maintaining bone density, protecting the brain from inflammation and, and you know, degradation, uh, protecting the muscle from muscle wasting. So we use bioidentical hormones or hormone replacement a lot during perimenopause from the right. 45 to 55 year range, because people are having a lot of symptoms. I mean, women's uh, you know, hormones kind of just, their estrogen levels just kind of go off the cliff around that age and people experience night sweats and hot flashes and brain fog. And hor hormone replacement is wonderful at addressing that and giving people a kind of, the, showing them back up so that they can function again through that period. But even beyond the perimenopausal stage, there's long-term benefits. And I think we're, we're really starting to shift to look at that. And this evidence has been out there for a long time. And again, I don't want to apply, you know, this, I'm not saying do what I say, cause I'm an authority, but I really want to put that conversation out there that we should really consider uh, hormone replacement for the long-term for these long-term benefits, because the human, human being just isn't, isn't, doesn't function as well when the hormone levels are very, very low which is, which is what happens after menopause. Right. Well, and I think women need to understand, and, and if, if they don't understand already, they need uh, that the, our hormones are so much more than just our sex drive. And just, you know, there's so much more than, than that. You talked about brain function. You talked about bone you know, density. You talked about our muscle. Um, but it's energy and, and, it, and it's digestion and it's immune. It's, and it's so many more things than just what we think that it is. It's not just this cycle of reproduction and so that we can procreate. Um, but there, there's a whole lot more to that issue. And I always teach women, your first thing from the time you're menopausal on, you need to know where your hormone levels are because it's not just perimenopause, menopause, postmenopause. Uh, you know, it's, it's when you're getting into that menstruation age, it's when you are, um, pregnant, you know, going through those eras as well, we have huge fluctuations in our hormones. Um, and I like to have them have a Dutch test. Um, mm -hmm. What do you guys are, do you even get into any of that kind of testing? Or are you just talking about, you know, doing the compounding? 
I mean, we don't do a, a really a lot of testing out of our pharmacy. I do a lot of trainings and consults with doctors around this. And certainly Dutch testing is a great tool to look at not only the hormone levels, but kind of how it's being metabolized. Some of those metabolites can be very dangerous, like breast tissue yeah. and things like mm -hmm. that. So, yeah, I mean, we want to be people to be well-educated, understand what the evidence shows and um, make the right decisions for themselves. But you're absolutely right. Like these hormones have impacts and effects in the entire body, every cell utilizes them. They're very foundational to the functioning of every cell. They go to the nucleus. They help kind of unwind the DNA for the functioning that it has. So, you know, it's very uh, foundational to, to how the body works. And um, being deficient can cause some long-term problems that we want to help people avoid. Um, we had talked a little bit earlier, too, you know, kind of going back to our earlier conversations and things we talked about, overall health status is absolutely critical to this because mm -hmm. and, and and i learned this in my career the hard way because when i first got learned about bioidentical hormones back in the early 2000s at the behest of my patients and i thought oh they're crazy they want me to do some wacky thing but i'll go do a training <laughs> and just see what this is all about and i was like i was joking i got like hit with the tranquilizer dart in the neck because i was so blown away by the evidence supporting this approach to hormone replacement mm -hmm. I was so appalled by how we had just been telling everybody hormones are dangerous and stop using them. And if you have hot flashes, get a hand fan, you know, and just grin and bear it. And I felt like that was just so awful. And it was just not good medicine. It wasn't evidence-based, but I became like overnight convert and I became overly zealous. And I told all my patients they had to get on hormones. And about half of them were like, you're amazing. You really helped me. And about half of them were like, you sold me a bill of goods. This didn't work. <laughs> and so I was and I think many in our industry kind of learned this the hard way like that, which is we had to go back and say, well, why are half the people not responding to this stuff? And then we're like, well, they can look at their thyroid function. Oh, okay. Well, that's not doing too well. Oh, let's look at their adrenal function, which is a, a measurement <laughs> level of chronic stress. Oh, they're, they're stressed out. Their adrenals are shot. They're not producing cortisol. Let's look at mm -hmm. their gut. And we mm -hmm. realized patients need this foundational health and healing to, 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 to get to a point where these hormones would actually do what we were, were promising them that they would do. So it's right. all together. Right. Yeah. It, it, it's this whole big, uh, that's the biggest thing I've learned over, say, the last one to two years, too, is that you can have hormone levels. You can have your levels tested and you might have enough estrogen in your body and, and it's really good, but you're not metabolizing it. Your, your body is not metabolizing it. So if that function isn't well in your body, then it's going to act as though you don't have enough estrogen. So just throwing more estrogen at your body isn't going to solve the problem. And they mm -hmm. talked about it as a, um, like, uh, they talked about this way. If you just take the gas, you know, when you go to fill up your car with gas and you just take the gas pump, right? And you just squirt it at the car, <laughs> You know, the gasoline's going to be going all over the car and you're going to have gasoline on the car, but it's not going to make the car run and go. Um, you know, we had to get it into the tank. Um, you know, so that was kind of the way I learned and associated that it isn't just that our levels have to be at a certain place, but also they have to be able to do what they're supposed to do inside the body um, as well. It's just like the same thing with nutrition. We can eat all the good foods in, in all the world have all organic and safe foods and whatnot, but if our body can't absorb those nutrients, it's all for naught, right? Right. And speaking, you know, going back to toxicity, 
you can overwhelm these metabolic pathways and the receptors that the hormones need to, to hit on the cells to function correctly. And especially in the, in the estrogen world, there are yes. some major, we call them xenoestrogens. So they're yes. substances in the environment. They're, they're products of oil refinement. They're products of plastic making. They're in lots and lots of personal products. I'm sure I'm, you know, I'm, you know this probably <laughs> 10 times more than I do. But this is a big issue because these substances have sometimes up to a thousand times more activity in the body than the human hormones. And they're just mm-hmm. they're kind of laying waste to our ability to like apply this therapy to patients. Um, so it's a really important, you know, like we don't put anything out there in a hormone for a hormone replacement that has a parabens for a preservative because we know parabens right. have right. estrogenic activity. And it just mucks up the work, for lack of a better ex- explanation of it. And and they're very they can be very powerful and and um, give people negative health consequences for sure. So uh, absolutely, I I have seen studies where every breast can- breast cancer tumor that they looked at had parabens inside of it. Mm. Um, when we talk about um, xenoestrogens. Uh, you mentioned plastics and, and I just, whenever we talk about plastics, I have to put this plug out to my audience, please, please, please get rid of plastics, period. End of story. The BPA free plastics, they are using a different compounding substance in there that is just as toxic as the BPA. So just because it says that doesn't mean it's any safer, Um, you know, replace all those plastics because it has not just the BPAs, but it also has the phthalates in there, which are hugely disrupting to our endocrine system. So, yeah, sure. okay, that's my PSA for the day. <laughs> I, every once in a while, somebody at work will be microwaving something in plastic, and I'm just, I just oh. like, oh god, you know, like okay. I just, it's gonna you, intervene. You killed, you killed me on the microwave. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, just, uh. you had me there. <laughs> no, but don't and don't heat it up. And you know, you we think about these water, and not only is it not good for um, our bodies, but our environment. What do you think happens to all these plastic? you know glasses and these plastic you know plastic everything it it ends up in a landfill it's in our waters it's it's just not good period yeah ah oh we we we're like not even tapping into half of what i wanted to get into um let's see you uh, you had in here the economic impact that fda overreach could have on pharmacists across the country yeah, we're just very concerned about, you know, them kind of intervening in ways that are really starting to impact patient health and, and taking away our ability to, you know, be practitioners and, and find, you know, mm-hmm. come up with the formulations that are best for patients. I understand the need for guardrails in our industry. That's absolutely appropriate. And we want to dedicate ourselves to compounding at the highest levels and with the best quality and just find a way to, you know, have a path forward to continue to provide this uh, level of care for patients who need it. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's frustrating to feel like we're doing really good work for our patients, but we're fighting the FDA. We're fighting our state boards of pharmacy to do good medicine. It should never be like that. Well, I, I love the, um, the mission that you guys are on, uh, you know, to be able to provide a safer alternative uh, and an individualized alternative for people, because there's not a one size fits all answer out there, no matter who you are. Uh, and, and any 
practitioner that we can come to that says, let's sit down and see what your needs are. Sign me up because that's a good practitioner. Right. 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 Absolutely. And it, it's people are very different. We see that across so many patients and what they need is very individualized. And, and that, that level of attention is when we really start to get progress with people's health. And it's very exciting for them. And it's exciting for us because we're fulfilling our mission as practitioners to really help facilitate that. I love that. Um, as we get here at the end of our time together, it always goes so, so fast. Uh, I want to ask you, what would be your top toxin-free lifestyle tip? Oh, there's so many, but I'm just going to put the sleep thing out there because I, I just feel like that just bears repeating seven to eight hours of sleep. You know, I, every once in a while I hear something, I only need three hours. I just say, I don't think so. I think, you know, <laughs> we need that sleep. And I could go on and on about this, but let, let me just mention, you know, we talked about adrenal glands and recovery, mm-hmm. detoxification, mm-hmm. brain detoxification. The only time our brain ever turns on its lymphatics and drains all the toxins out is when we're sleeping in deep sleep. So I just, you know, there's no, to me, there's no alternative to seven to eight hours of sleep a night. And that's just the start. We could go into nutrition. We could go into stress management, getting refined sugar out of your diet. That is huge uh, mm-hmm. for all of this stuff. So yeah, that's a whole nother uh, podcast. <laughs> I, I know. And I appreciate you talking about sleep because, and, and talking about the brain's lymphatic system, the lymphatic system, uh, so many people don't understand that that's even a process and, you know, it's going to drain down into our lymphatic system. So we've got to be making sure that all of those are moving. It's, it's kind of our body's sewer system. So, um, you know, thank you for bringing that up. This, I don't even know if we tapped into your passion yet or not, you know, with this, but what would you like to leave the listeners of the Toxin Terminator with? Well, I mentioned this uh, website, compounding.com, which has more information about uh, bioidentical hormones. And you can put a note in there. We're trying to, you know, get case studies and people's uh, testimonials about how compounding and hormone replacement has really helped them to kind of really you know, stress this and emphasize this idea that, you know, we're really, this is the value we're bringing. We're, we're here's real patients talking about their experience. So that's a great place to go. Um, yeah. I think I'll leave it at that. Okay. And you said also at that compounding.com, isn't it just full of resources for people to find out more information about compounding? And- Absolutely. Okay. Yes, absolutely. All right. So um, I I popped it up here, compounding.com. We'll make sure that we have it in our show notes. We've been scrolling Koshland Farm, P-H-A-R-M.com on the bottom of the screen. If you want to learn more about Peter Koshland, make sure that you get into Koshland.farm. And you guys are in California. What area of California? We're in the Bay Area, San Francisco, actually. San Francisco. Uh, okay. So we we help we work with patients all over the state of California. So okay. we're kind of a California-based uh, pharmacy, but there's pharmacies like us all over the country. So. All right, and do you have a network? You know, so say if Absolutely. somebody is listening to the show, they can get a hold of you and say, "Hey, I need somebody in Minnesota." Or. One hundred percent. Yep. We always want to help facilitate people finding good quality compounders in their area. And we, we have a list of referrals that we can give to people. Absolutely. And within the United States, do you go outside of the United States? Because we are heard in 72 different countries. 
Unfortunately, we can't go outside the United States. Certain, some okay. countries have their own network. Canada has a very good network of compounding pharmacies. And, and some countries actually like Brazil have a really nice network. So it's very country by country. So outside the United States, they don't have as many resources. But um, if people look, there's probably options for them. All right. Peter, thank you so much for coming, <clears throat> excuse me, coming on the show. You have been just fantastic to learn from. Um, I think diving into the hormone replacement therapy has been fantastic. And we just appreciate you sharing your expertise, expertise with us. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a fun conversation. You bet. That's all for this episode of The Toxin Terminator. And we hope we've helped you remove the hidden toxins in your life for renewed health. If you're looking to continue your journey towards full rejuvenation, reach out to Amy directly by visiting amycarlson.com for your own one-on-one -on -one chat session, as well as your free toxic risk assessment. That's A-I-M-E-E-Carlson.com. And remember, you are just one small change away from renewed health.